This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. Romans 8, verse number 1. We are in a series right now called In My Feelings. You have been made by God with emotions. God does not want to strip you of your emotions. He wants to give you dominion. Another word would be control. Better word of God's heart, health in your emotions. Healthy emotions are the ability to feel and yet still reason. I feel something, but I can still think with sobriety. I can still believe clearly. I can still look at this subjectively and be able to have a linear thought, not an emotional roller coaster. We talked about this in the first week. We do not serve the God that creates spiritual giants and emotional toddlers. God's main concern is not how much church you attend or scripture you quote or Hillsong you have on your playlist. God's main concern is your entire being. God cares about you physically, emotionally, spiritually, and mentally. There is an adversary. There is one that is against you. There is one that has come as an enemy that wants to destroy you in every level. In fact, he comes to, this is the scripture for Zoe. If you're wondering what is the verse that Zoe was started out of, we are started out of a scripture John 10.10. John 10.10. You're going to see it on a bunch of our conference merch. John 10.10. Jesus is talking. And he says, the evil one, your enemy, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. God's not trying to get you to limp along, barely make it, barely survive struggle through life, get to heaven and be like, whoop, thank God that is over. No, God's trying to get you to live a life on earth that you're blessed, you've got purpose, you've got identity, you've got passion, you've got the abundant life. The abundant life is only found in Jesus. So we're looking at how do we, even though we're feeling things, I love the subtitle of this series, how do we make decisions on facts, not feelings? Because the facts <laughs> are usually so different than my feelings. I feel like I don't know if you're coming to conference. The facts are you are coming to conference. It's called spiritual manipulation. My feelings are usually contrary to what is factual to the truth. I feel rejected. No, no, no. People in your life accept you. I feel like I've got to strive. No, grace says it's unearned. I feel like I don't know if I'm wanted. No, everybody wants you around. Your feelings usually are lying against the facts. The facts are who God says you are. The facts are what God says about you. And it is the one that comes to steal, kill, and destroy that when you are in your emotional state, I think he's like, whoa, let's go right now. 
We got them right where we want them. Because when you are emotional, you are prone, you are susceptible, you are giving ear to the lie of the enemy. It is when you are in your worst place that the devil says, I'm going to do my best work. So you got to be careful. Because when you're off in your feelings and you're emotional, and you look like a Pittsburgh Steeler fan. That's when the enemy's coming in with his, with his best punch. His best lie. Because he knows the facts are so much greater. He's got to do double the work and double the lie, double the energy to get you to believe against what God says about you. Then we talked in the first week about the lies of loneliness. Second week, we talked about the symptoms of the scared when you're afraid and not living by fear, but living by faith. Last week, we talked about the reality that you're not on the brink of a breakdown. You're actually on the brink of a buildup. Come on, you're on the brink of a breakthrough of your life. Come on, Zoe, get some faith right now and clap. You're on the brink of your best days. Today I want to come around, and I'll just tell you the title right up front. I want to talk about cuts of condemnation. This is one of the enemy's greatest tactics in your life, is he brings condemnation in your life. And I'm going to show you how these cuts pile up, and pretty soon you look like a scarred victim of some cut wounds of the enemy. Now, I'm believing that these wounds, through the ointment of the Spirit and the healing touch of Jesus, are going to go away today in Jesus' name. And watch what the Bible declares about condemnation. This is from the Passion Translation in Romans chapter 8. Watch what it says on the screen. It says, so now the case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus the anointed one. For the law of the spirit of life flowing through the anointing of Jesus has liberated us from the law of sin and death. For God achieved what the law was unable to accomplish because the law was limited by the weakness of human nature. Go back up to the top of that scripture. What does it say? So now the case is closed. There remains no accusing voice. There is no condemnation for anybody that is in Christ Jesus. So when you are in Jesus, you are covered against accusation. You are covered against condemnation. So the enemy tries to be the, bring the accusation, but you have been covered by the blood of Jesus. You have been covered by the grace of God. And even when the accusation or the condemnation comes in, it can't touch you because you're in Jesus. Amen to that. Come on, let's pray and let's believe that God will come and encourage us today. Jesus, we thank you that you're awesome. You are amazing. You are for us and you are with us. And we acknowledge together as a church and as a people that your word and your truth is greater and stronger than any liar. So today we stand on the facts and not our feelings. Lord, help us to be in control of our emotions. Lord, help us to literally live according to how you want us to live and your plan for life. We thank you that you are awesome and amazing. And God, we thank you that you bring life to the Lakers. You bring hope to the Dodgers. And you bless our city. God, thank you for Zoe Conference this week. Thank you that it's going to be the greatest conference ever. In Jesus' name, And we all sit together, come on, let's applaud and thank the Lord together. In Jesus' name. 
I was, by the way, I was with somebody yesterday in our church, and they were asking, what are you going to do if, like, Clippers players or coaches start coming to Zoe? Are you still going to only pray for the Lakers? And I was like, yes, because that's a God thing. It's not a me thing. Oh, you think I decided that? That's God's plan. Don't ever go against God. Can I get an amen in the church? I'm kidding. If Clipper fans or Clipper players ever came, I wouldn't mention the Lakers, just the Dodgers. Okay. Um, yesterday I got home uh, from New Zealand, and, and uh, you know, when you, when you come back, when you've been gone from a trip, all the, all the married men know this. When you get back, it is not relax and recovery time. It's go mode. You come back in the house, you're like, how can I help? Because you've been gone for two, three days. You left your wife abandoned. And so you got to come back with energy, with intentionality, and at least a coffee. So I came home. I'm ready to serve. So first thing I do is I recognize, you know, I, she's been by herself. She's been taking care of the kids. i got to come home. i gotta, I got I to gotta grab the boys and just get the boys out the house. So we have a tradition in our house. Every Saturday morning, I take the boys to Randy's Donuts. It is the place that God gets donuts. Donuts at, so I figured we should get donuts at. So I take the boys to Randy Donuts. On the way to Randy's Donuts, I look through our minivan. Now, recently, we just got a minivan in our house. We call it the Swagger Wagon, and it's mainly just for my ego, the nickname, just, just for my ego. It's a minivan, let's be honest. Any way you slice it, it's a minivan, man. There's nothing cool. About, I put rims on our minivan. It's still not cool. Who puts rims on a minivan? <laughs> this guy, okay? Go Steelers. So I... um. So I got my boys, we're in the car, we're in the van, and I look back in the back seat to make sure they're good, and all I see, I don't know if you've ever felt this in your car, all I see is like, oh my gosh, there's, it looks like sin in the vehicle. Like there's fries, there's crumbs, there's packets, there's, there's juice boxes. Like it just looks like, I'm like, you guys have terrorized this thing. So I go to the Randy's Donuts and I come back and I'm like, we're going to bless your mama. We're going to take her car to get it washed. So I take it. There's nothing, anybody love to get your car washed. I'll tell you, there's no, just if you ever feel low in your self-esteem, just get your car washed, make you feel 10 times better. Like when you walk to your car and you're like, that's right. Like you did nothing. You didn't touch it. You didn't vacuum. You just like went to a place and other people worked for you. So I take the car and I'm like, this is going to be such a good feeling. Like I, I, I take it in and we go to the park across the street and I come back and I'm walking up to our minivan. I'm like, my God. Beautiful, isn't she? <laughs> Boys, it's ours. I hit the button, you know, for the two sliders to slide open. You know you got four kids when your doors slide open. Slides open to the glory. I peek in. I'm like, whoa. It's beautiful in there, man. Hey, boys, when you get buckled, be careful. We don't want any dirt, any stains. It's a beautiful van now. I get into the front seat. I'm like, whoa, this is a delight. It's beautiful in here. Smells, smells great in here. Feels great in here. I want to talk today about the reality that it is the devil's work in your life to make you feel gross, make you feel dirty, make you feel ashamed of the current condition of your life. 
It is the enemy that points out, look at how messy your life is. Look at how gross you are on the inside and the outside. Look at all the flaws. It is the devil. The devil has never encouraged anybody. He comes only to point out your flaws, to make much of your sin, to literally expose your weaknesses. But I'm thankful that when I come to Jesus, oh, I get washed by the blood of the Lamb. I get my confidence back. I get my swag back. I get my identity back. Come on, anybody thankful today? I don't have to live dirty. I'm in Jesus. It's the accuser. It's the condemner. It is the wicked one that comes and says, look at your mess. Look at how, in fact, I just, I believe this. The enemy loves to work in threes. So he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And it's usually when you're in your emotions, when you're in your feelings, he sends three bullies your way. He sends these three bullies that have been on the block, but when he sees that you're prone, susceptible, and vulnerable, and you're emotional, when he sees you in this state, he says, oh, come on, bullies, get out and start. Oh, just let me tell you who the three bullies are. They are guilt, condemnation, and shame. Telling you, when you get emotional, you better be careful because there's some bullies on the block, and they're coming out in full force. Remember, the way that he steals, the way that he kills, and the way that he destroys is he just uses his bullies. He sends his bullies on the block, and all of a sudden, guilt starts messing with you. In fact, write down the three things that these, these guys do. Number one, guilt, it, it will literally confuse you. Guilt brings confusion. When you feel guilty, you're like, I don't know what just happened. I don't know who I am. I don't know who to tell. I don't know who I can trust. I don't know if I can continue. I don't know. It's just confusion. By the way, confusion is not from God. Clarity is from God. Truth is from God. Confusion is from, he wants to bring confusion in your family, confusion in your relationships, confusion in your mind. As soon as you sin, you watch, you feel confused. Like, ah, did I just do that? Hey, am I still good? Does he love me still? I'm so, you ever hear somebody say, I'm so confused. Worst phrase in all of relationships is, wait, I'm confused. Excuse me, you're what? Because confusion is not from God. So here comes confusion, and he's guilt, and he's guilt-ridden. And some of us, you have so much guilt, which means you have confusion. Is God good? Is he still for me? Can I still move forward? Watch number two, condemnation. It will beat you up. So now you've got confusion, and now you've got assault. You've been assaulted by condemnation, and condemnation comes in your life and just literally beats you up, punches you, hurts you. It's amazing. My boys, all they want to do when I get home, the first thing they want to do is wrestle. I walk through the door, my son, my three-year-old, he can barely talk. He's like, do you want to beat the me? I'm like, hold on. I didn't understand what you said, son. Say it again. You want to beat the me? I'm like, I think that you just said, do I want a piece of you, son? Is that what you said? Yes, I do. And, 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 and I wrestle with him good, you know, like I wrestle with him. Like I throw him around. My one-year-old, he wants to get in on the action. I'm throwing him on the couch. We're wrestling. And I have to be careful because when I'm wrestling with them, I can tell they start wrestling with each other. They're not wrestling. They're beating each other up. There's a difference between being a fun dad that throws your kids across the room. Like, I don't do that. Don't call anybody on me. But, you know, wrestles with them. But these guys, like, beat each other up. The, the enemy does not come to, like, wrestle with you. The enemy comes to beat you down. He wants to berate you. He wants to assault you. He wants to hurt your confidence. He wants to maim you and cripple you. He wants to hit you in such a way you're like, I got my bell rung. I've been knocked out. Why? It's condemnation. 
If Jesus comes to bring life, the enemy comes to bring death. How does he bring death? By beating you down. He's not trying to like, you ever, you ever be in a social situation and someone like playfully hits you but it was like too much? Like I don't like it when I'm socially somewhere and some guy comes from behind and hits me like right here too hard. It's like, dude, that's a sensitive spot. And now I'm like jiggling and stuff and like, it's like, I, I know there's a red mark for sure. Like, do you not know your strength? Like whack. And I'm like, ah, hey man. Great to see you. I'm going to go to drink real fast. I'll be right back. The enemy doesn't play. He's not like playful. He's not like, let me hit you. He's come to assault your name and your character and your confidence. And and so he brings confusion. And then he brings an assault. And then here's the third one. Shame, it just paralyzes you. Shame just does this, doesn't it? Shame just makes you just frozen in your tracks. Just, just deer in headlights. I cannot go forward and I cannot go back. I'm paralyzed by fear. Here's what shame always says. Fear such a, uh, shame is such a bully. It always convinces you I'm about to expose you. So I'm going to beat you to the punch. Before you confess, I'm going to expose you. I'm about to let everybody know who you really are. I'm about to let everybody know what you've really done. I'm good. That's what shame says. Shame says you're the worst and, and points its finger in your face and says, I'm going to expose you. And so you're paralyzed, paralyzed by fear, paralyzed by wonder, paralyzed by do I go forward? Do I confess? Do I go back? Do I, ah, just this, it was, it was worse than I thought. I can't believe I did it. And so now I feel beat up. Now I feel confused. Now I feel paralyzed. Now I can't do it. And it's all from the spirit of condemnation. But the Bible says, and we just read it, there's no condemnation for anybody that's in Jesus. When you are in Jesus, you don't have to face the bullies. You don't have to face the confusion, the paralyzation. You don't, I don't even know if that's a word, but I just said it. Paralyzation, is it a word? Paralysis could be another option. Thank you, Nate, in the front row. You ever say something immediately, you're like, sounded right, I know it's wrong. (laughs) Paralysis. We don't have to face it. And I want to just just show you, here's what a lot of us feel when we indulge in activity that we shouldn't, when we have missed the mark in sin, when we are not being the spouse or the parent or the person that you're called to be. Here's what happens a lot of times. Write down number one, here's what you'll feel. I feel disqualified. I feel so DQ'd. I feel like I had this calling. I had this love for God. I wanted to be great. I want, but now I've made a mistake. I've messed up. I, I indulged in this activity. I did what I said I'd never do again. And now I feel disqualified. I want to encourage you. All throughout the scriptures, there were people that should have been disqualified. But by the grace of God, they weren't disqualified. And if you feel that way, guess what? So did Peter. And Peter was used by God, started the church. Peter preaches the first message in the, in, when the church starts and 3,000 people get saved. But before he was used by God, he made such a terrible mistake that he thought, I disqualified myself. I have completely disqualified my call and my future. God called me and told me that he was going to build the church through me, but I denied. Peter went so far as denying Jesus three times. In fact, Jesus looked at him and said, Peter, before the rooster crows three times, you are going to deny me three times. And Peter's like, no way, God. I'm all in. I've bought my ticket. I'm going to conference. No way. 
Jesus is like, no, you didn't buy your ticket, and you're going to deny me. <laughs> so the Bible says that right when Peter denies the third time, the rooster crows, and how savage is this? Jesus doesn't just tell him his mistake, but he's close enough to witness his mistake. And right when he fails God, he makes eye contact with God. Could you imagine? Could you imagine the next worst sin in your life, the next time you do it, God's like, Oh, Jesus, I didn't, I didn't know you were going to be there. <laughs> hey, how you? <laughs> oh, this is awkward. Like Peter is so demoralized by his decision. The Bible says he leaves the situation and he weeps bitterly. Why is he weeping bitterly? It is one thing to have your heart broken. It's a whole nother level to break your own heart. He is crying his eyes out. Why? Because he feels so disqualified. He feels such guilt and such condemnation and such shame. He told me I was going to do it. I said I wouldn't do it. And then he watched me do it. How could I be such a failure? How could I make such a dumb decision? I feel disqualified. I want to encourage somebody here today. You can't get disqualified from God. My Bible says the gifts and the calling of God is irrevocable. Come on, somebody just thank him right now. Even in your worst bit, God will give you his best grace you're going I disqualify no no no. we're not under the law we're under grace we live in a culture that's like DQ'd you're out mistake like it's just amazing I love to watch golf and I'm like when I watch golfers it's like they are so by the law one little mistake one little thing one little and it's like you're out like I was watching golf years ago and this guy was he he didn't think it was a bunker and so he asked his caddy, can I, club, can I put my club on the ground? His caddy's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure we're not in a bunker. You're fine. You're good. So he puts his club in the ground. Long story short, it was a bunker, and he gets DQ'd. He gets a two-stroke penalty, and he loses the tournament off a little mistake. We don't serve the God that's like, oh, little mistake, you're out. Oh, I saw that little thing. Oh, you messed up. Oh, you didn't put in your scorecard right. Oh, you didn't have the right outfit. Oh, you didn't say the right things. We don't serve the God of the law. We serve the God of grace. Come on, somebody thank him right now. I'm not disqualified. I'm only qualified by the grace of Jesus Christ. When you're in your feelings, you're like, I, I, I messed up. I, I went too far. I did that thing. I said I wouldn't. He made eye contact with me. God, there was such a moment when he, when he made eye contact with me. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm disqualified. And here's the second thing you'll feel is you, I, I feel gross. I just feel really like. I don't know if you've ever felt this before, but you feel icky about yourself. You just feel like really like gross on the inside. This is how I feel most Sunday nights. Because most Sunday nights end for me around 1 a.m. at McDonald's. <laughs> Drive through. McFlurry. Oreo and, and caramel together. <laughs> and I eat it with such great passion. <laughs> and the next morning I wake up. You ever eat too much at a buffet and then you're like leaving the restaurant like talking bad at yourself? Like mad at yourself? Like, why did you do that? You said you'd never overeat ever again. <laughs> but in your head you're like, but it was free, you know? <laughs> All of us have felt gross before. All of us have felt icky on the inside. And it's what, it's what the liars and the bullies come to do to make you feel more gross than you should. 
Now, there is a difference between condemnation and conviction. Conviction is from God, and conviction is a beautiful thing. The Holy Spirit, which is the paraclete, the, the divine encourager, he convicts you. And when he convicts you about your McFlurry, what he convicts you about is that God is bigger. God is better. You're called to a higher standard. There's a call on your life. God has a plan for you. There's a future. You don't have to live a life of indulgence or compromise because I have so much power for you. And it's the divine encourager that convicts you. I've, I'll give you strength. I'll give you community. I'll give you wisdom. I'll give you the ability to say no next time. I'll give you the power to overcome. You're not chained to the flesh. You're chained to the spirit. You're not a slave to unrighteousness. You're a slave to righteousness. And the Holy Spirit, can, you got you to gotta be able to discern what is condemnation and what is conviction. Because some of us start to feel bad and we're like oh that's not from God ah, sometimes it's God and he's not trying to make you feel bad he's trying to call you to a higher standard he's trying to speak a better plan over you he's trying to help you see a bigger tomorrow it's not condemnation it's conviction now by the way the enemy has never encouraged anybody the devil comes, he doesn't come to encourage. He doesn't come to point you to the solution. He doesn't come to put his arm around you. No, the, the devil comes and he brings guilt and shame and condemnation. But Jesus comes and he brings strength and encouragement and hope for tomorrow. Come on, he brings freedom. He brings wisdom. I don't know about you. I'm grateful I don't have to feel gross. I can feel cleansed. Write down number three. Oh, I love this. It's not just that I feel uh, a little bit dirty or feel gross. I feel judged. This is what, <laughs> this, these three bullies are so good. Shame, guilt, condemnation. They're so good at their job. Here's what they'll convince you. Is they'll start to convince you in the midst of your gross, in the midst of your icky, in the midst of how bad you feel, disqualified. This always happens. When you feel bad... <laughs> So many can relate with this. I can relate with this. I feel bad, and it's so-and-so's fault. Come on, man. It's nobody else's fault but ours. They're judging me. They put me here. They made me. Don't blame other people for the way you feel. I feel judged. By the way, only God can judge you. I'm sorry to use Tupac lyrics on a Sunday, but it worked. <laughs> Only God can judge you. And so if you're accepted by God, who cares what man's opinion is of you? By the way, many people in the Bible felt shame, felt, felt icky, felt gross, and felt judged. How about the woman at the well? How did she feel about her life? How about the woman with the issue of, of blood? How about the woman who was accused and caught in the midst of adultery? How was her, her self-esteem? How was her confidence level? She felt so judged. But Jesus showed up and said, I don't judge you. And if God doesn't judge you, why do you judge yourself? If God doesn't throw the book at you, why are you throwing the book at yourself? Stop living under the spirit of the law and live under the spirit of grace. Oh, I love this. In John 8, watch what Jesus says to the woman who's caught in the midst of adultery. He pretty much messes with all of her accusers. And then he says to her as they all walk away, John 8, when Jesus raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? 
In other words, what he said to the crowd and what he said to the woman is, I'm the ultimate judge. It's not you that get to have a say over somebody's life. It's me that gets to have a say over somebody's life. So I say if you're in good with God, who cares what people think about you? Listen, the activity of your life, it might have altered somebody's opinion, but it didn't alter God's opinion. God didn't change his plan for your life. God doesn't look at you any differently. God didn't, didn't, didn't turn his back on you. So if they turn their back, that's on them. And anybody that judges you and accuses you, they just don't have a realization of how broken and messed up and sinful they are. And they're not going to get off their high horse until they're tired of being bullied by guilt, shame, and condemnation. And the reason why they guilt, shame, and condemn you is because they feel so bad about themselves. But anybody that's been liberated by grace never condemns another, never judges another, never casts their opinions. Come on, somebody thank God I'm being set free so I can help set free other people. And as soon as you realize this is all about Jesus, I got to get out of Grossville and Icky Land. I got to get out of guilt. I got to get out of shame and into grace and truth and freedom. All of a sudden, I can live confident. I don't have to be so emotional. Right down number four, because I've been justified by Jesus. I have been justified by Jesus. It was not your actions that approved you. It was your beliefs that approved you. It was not how awesome you are. It's how awesome he is. And the devil wants to get you to focus on your life and get you to go through your van and point out all the mistakes and all the dirt in your life. But Jesus is trying to get your your eyes to be off of you and onto him. Because I've been justified by someone bigger and better than me. I'm telling you, if it was up to me, I would have to face guilt. I would have to face condemnation. I would be paralyzed by shame. But because of the laws and the spirit of Jesus, I am set free from the law of condemnation and guilt. Amen to that. When you start getting that in your life, all of a sudden you say, you know what? I'm not going to, the next time you feel low and the next time you feel the cuts of condemnation the next time you're starting to feel so bad about yourself why don't you just do this why don't you bring it out of the dark and into the light do you realize that the enemy only has power over the sin in your life when you keep it in the dark and under the rug and you keep it as a secret but as soon as you acknowledge god i messed up i made a mistake i'm so sorry as soon as you acknowledge that thing all of a sudden the grace of god worship team you can come join me as soon as you acknowledge that mistake All of a sudden, it's like the guilt is removed. David commits adultery. And in Psalm 51, he writes a prayer of repentance. Watch here our last scriptures for today. Psalm 51. I love this scripture right here. Watch what it says. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways so that sinners will turn back to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God. You who are God my Savior and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Why is David saying that? Because he feels icky. He feels gross. Shame is messing with him. Guilt is plaguing him. Condemnation is taking its place. He says, create in me a clean heart, O God. 
and renew a right spirit. I, I, I know it's kind of a lot because we read four verses and sometimes it's hard to tell the truth. But if you watch real carefully in that scripture, you know what he just got? Renewal, restoration. He gets to be used by God. He gets deliverance from the bully and he gets praise and worship. And some of us are stuck and we keep getting cut after cut after cut of condemnation. And Jesus says, no, no, no. All you have to do is bring me your issues. Bring me your feelings. Confess, God, I feel so bad about what I did. I feel so much remorse and so much shame. But I know, God, that you're a God of conviction, not a God of condemnation. So right now I just confess my sin. And you know, as soon as you do that, you realize what's going to happen in your life? All of a sudden, restoration. All of a sudden, renewal. God can't deliver you from the bully until you just confess who Jesus is. And as soon as you confess Jesus, he comes and he tells that bully, you better go back to your home. You better go back to your block. You're not welcome in this street. And you're not welcome in this house. This is my son. This is my daughter. And you better stop. You better stop. Get their name out your mouth. You cannot mess with my children. But until I confess, all of a sudden, shame's like, ooh, let me add them. Guilt's like, oh, I got, this is my best work. Come on, condemnation's like, let's go, let's go. But when I confess Jesus, all of a sudden, my protector and my provider, my righteousness, my Savior comes and says, no, I paid the price. There is no condemnation for anybody that is in Christ Jesus. Come on, somebody thank him right now. I'm not getting cut by condemnation. I'm justified by Jesus Christ. I wonder how many of us were just in this season where it's like paralyzed, confused, beat up, just feeling like you're a shell of yourself. And all you got to do, get yourself to the car wash of Christ. Get yourself to church. Get yourself under the canopy and the umbrella of the name above all names. It says, I'm not going to listen to no bully. I'm listening to the truth talker. I'm listening to my Savior. You're not going to mess with me. I'm in Jesus now. If you don't, if you don't, you get all emotional, and you be paralyzed, and you get beat up, and you live confused. And the more emotional you get, the more he steals, the more he kills, the more he destroys. And all of a sudden, years later, you're like, wait a second, where'd your confidence go? Where'd your... You ever notice how sin makes people awkward? Talk to somebody, you're like, wait a second, where's the eye contact? Um... Just say it, man. You're happy that Kawhi and Paul George came. Just say it. Feel really guilty. I get it. I get it. I get it. We all get caught up. Come back to the truth of Jesus. And the reality is when you and I let the enemy have more power than he should, he'll make you even more emotionally spooled than you ever want to be. But I'm believing that grossness is going to leave you. I'm believing that judgment that you sense. <laughs> you go, I'm not going to listen to the accuser. I'm going to listen to my advocate. I'm going to listen to the one, my lawyer, who's defending me in front of the Father and saying, I've been set free, and I am, I am totally acquitted of all my wrongs because of the sacrifice and life of Jesus Christ. So many of us come into church today, and you got the cuts of condemnation. No more in Jesus' name. I'm tired of you getting beat up. I'm tired of you getting bullied. You must be exhausted by how much property, shame, and guilt, and condemnation has in your life. I say we get out of it. We step into the truth. Come on. It's got, it can't be feelings. It's got to be facts. We're not living in fear. 
We're living in faith. And when you live in faith, you go, I've been justified by Jesus. I'm not disqualified because of Jesus. I'm not gross. The Bible says, though my sins may be as crimson, he just washed me as white as snow. It says, if I confess my sins, he is faithful and just to forgive me of my sin and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I'm actually chosen. I'm actually called. I'm actually blessed. I'm actually favored. Not because of what I've done, but because of what he's done. Amen to that? Come on, let's clap our hands and thank our God together in Jesus' name. Come on, let's really give him a praise today.